coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. You feel like you're the last single person left in America that doesn't have a date for Valentine's Day? Eh, that's wrong. Almost half of adults don't are in the same are in the same arena. So get excited. There's lots of lids to your pot out there, and lots of people are online dating. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I know I always say that I'm excited about today's show, but today I am really excited. If you're watching it on video, you can see I'm like vibrating because I have my friend and major girl crush, Bella Gandhi, America's favorite dating expert here with me today, and we are doing our special Valentine's episode of Divorce and Beyond. So I first want to say welcome to Bella and thank you so much for being here to help me with this episode. Oh my gosh, I'm like shaking with vibrations. It's like an 8.5 on the excitement Richter scale here right now. So, and we're going higher than that, people. Higher. <laughs> we're this is this is everything. So, strap in. <laughs> we're going to get rocking. We're driving so this today. And 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 the reason I'm excited, I'm always excited when Bella's around, but this particular episode, I was sitting down, I was looking at the episodes that I have taped. I have wonderful guests coming up, but we are taping this the week before Valentine's Day. And I, I wanted to put something out there for my listeners because as a divorce attorney, I know one of the questions that comes up for every single person that goes through the divorce is, how do I get back out there to date? Again, how do I get back out there in the world? And it doesn't matter if you are just breaking up from a you know short-term relationship, ending a marriage of a couple of years, or you are in your 60s and 70s and just ended a 30-plus year marriage. I've seen them all. It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone worries about getting back out there into the dating world. So I brought Bella on today, and she is going to give us her top tips for getting back out there. And this is going to be what you need to know so that at the end of this entire episode, you're going to be able to get yourself back out there, maybe get someone for Valentine's Day or, hey, it's a great way to spend your Valentine's Day listening to this podcast with Bella. So again, Bella, thank you so much for being here. I do want to tell everyone a little bit about you for the people who haven't met you. I talk about you all the time, but for those of you who haven't met Bella before, she is a dating and relationship expert and the founder of the Smart Dating Academy, which is one of the nation's top date coaching firms. Um, and she teaches people, she's not a matchmaker. I want to make that point to people because what 
Bella does is she works with you to get you ready to go out there to know who you're looking for and know how to find them. Um, she has been, oh my gosh, she's on every morning television program I think that has ever been. She was just on Good Morning America last week, I think, for a double uh, two-episode series, and she's got another one coming up. She's on the Today Show. She was Steve Harvey's dating expert. Um, she was on Kelly Clarkson show just recently have you been on ellen yet no I. hey ellen ellen listen in ellen come on i can't believe it you're so perfect for ellen um so bella is all things dating bella knows all things dating she's a voice you can trust here and so you know people pay her a great deal of money to help them get out there she's here today to help you in this half hour that we have so bella thank you so much uh, thanks for having me. So, you know, I wanted to get into this, and I really love episodes where people can listen and take away actual, you know, things they can go do right now. So one of the things I thought of is I would ask you about some aspects of dating because it's a, it's a different process maybe for some of the listeners out there. It's not a, a world where you meet somebody or a friend introduces you and someone calls you up and asks you out on a date. So these days, online dating is, is kind of the, the venue, I would say. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, Susan, one in three marriages take place due to online connections. And I think that that number is understated. Like for those of you listening, if I could show by raise of hands, how many of you know somebody that's found love through a site or an app? Everybody raises their hand. And so while nobody, I'll tell you what, not one person that comes to me is excited about the prospect of online dating. Um, but I'll tell you what, just to put some numbers behind it, there are 118 million single adults in this country. That's 48% of the adult population today, guys, are single people. So get excited if you feel like you're the last single person left in America that doesn't have a date for Valentine's Day. Eh, that's wrong. Almost half of adults don't are in the same are in the same arena. So get excited. There's lots of lids to your pot out there and lots of people are online dating. I love that. Ah, so <laughs> But I, I, you know, and I think that that's true. I, I, that you say that who knows someone who's met, you know, their significant other online. You're right. I mean, I hear that all the time these days. It's, it's very, you know, a very normal part of the process. So as scary as it may be to get out there, it actually provides you with access to maybe not all 118 million or however many that was, but it's going to provide you with access to a much larger dating pool than just your acquaintanceship. So, you know, that's, that's the place to get out there, but then it becomes, well, how do you actually do it? And the first thing that occurs to me is because I have been with friends and we've been sitting there looking at their phone, swiping away. So the very first thing you see is the picture, right? That's, that's one of the key components. I would say we're a very visual, you know, society or, or humanoids, right? Um, and so everyone wants to look at the picture, but I have to say when I've looked through profiles, I'm absolutely shocked at the pictures that some people choose to post. 
So what are your tips about your, your profile picture? Your profile pictures will determine 90 to 100% of your success in online dating. And so- So no pressure. No pressure. And most likely the pictures that you have in your iPhone aren't gonna cut it, right? You want, like think about if you were going to put a headshot up for your new company, or maybe you've started a new podcast or you need a work headshot, you're not gonna take some janky eye photo and cut the people around you and put it up there. No, you would hire a photographer. Well, of course I would do that. Well, this is no different, right? What's more important than finding love? Nothing. And you have to look at your investment in online dating as the investment you would make in looking for a new job, changing careers, starting a new company. Really think about your photos logically, right? Even if you were going to sell your house, you would hire a professional photographer to come in, maybe stage it, take great pictures that are flattering so you could sell your house. So yeah. the same thing with online dating. I mean, one of the best things that we do, we do a lot of great things for our clients that are helpful both in the strategy and the tactics. And one part of the tactics are taking photographs, right? I used to tell people, we'll go out and get photos. Then I realized that people need a lot of help and good photography is part art and part science, right? You want to look your best, but you also want to make sure that in your photos, you're not over filtering using all those cute snap filters that make you look like you're 20 years younger because <laughs> You, that person's got to show up to the date. So you want to make sure that your pictures look like the best version of you and the version that's going to walk into that coffee shop for date number one. So you've got to have good headshots and good body shots. So you recommend having, um, how many pictures are typically uploaded for a profile? I did a study with Match five years ago, and we came up with the ideal number is five to six photographs. So I say out of that, do two headshots. And a headshot is literally like, you know, shoulders and up where you're looking right at the camera and smiling, not looking away. This is not high fashion photography, right? <laughs> this is looking right at the camera, building trust making eye contact and smiling. You wanna look happy, confident, positive, because we wanna be around happy, confident, positive people, right? So that is your opening headshot. High resolution, well lit, not cut off, you know, and again, just invest in your photos. It will make a huge difference in the outcome that you're getting. And then with your body shots, dress yourself up. Ladies, wear something that makes you look pretty elegant, sophisticated, because I know that your listenership are elegant and sophisticated people. So we're not going for hoochie mama down to here, up to here, like save something for later. Okay. Yeah. So little mystery, a little mystery is good, but dress yourself up. Like you were going to go to a nice cocktail party. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, well, that's not how I'm going to show up to the date. I'm not telling you to show up with a cocktail dress on, but you've got to have, you've got to look the right way in order just to captivate somebody's attention. If you look at a page on match.com, you've got 20 different thumbnail headshots of women. How are you going to stand out? In real life, you've got maybe one minute to make a good first impression when you're talking to someone one-on-one. -on -one. When you're one of 20 thumbnails, you have like 0.1 milliseconds to make a good first impression. Very true. And and I think one of the very first things that does jump out is that smile. 
you know, that's a, it's a smiling profile it shot is is always one I think that will get more attention. So but so there you go, people. Five to six shots, two headshots, body shots, look nice, no hoochie yeah. mama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't want workout photos in there. Like a photo of you after you've hiked Kilimanjaro. That's awesome. But maybe you haven't showered in four days. Not the best photo to put on there. Right. And, and one thing people do with their photos is they feel a lot of pressure to tell their whole life story in the photos. Well, I like to hike mountains and I have a great garden. It's okay. All that stuff can come out later. This is just pictures of you. Let the person see if you're their type. That's all you have to do. This is not a photo montage of you in six photographs. Right. They don't need to know you through the photographs. They just have to say, wow, does this person look like someone that I might be attracted to? That's it. That's the goal of your photos. Well, and that actually then brings up the next important question, because if you're not telling who you are in a photo montage, you will start to tell them who you are in the text that goes with your profile. So you you have tips for what to always do when creating that profile text, but also what never to do. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I, so the always is always be positive. Right. And I know probably so many of you listening to this are thinking about online dating or you've already been online dating and maybe you've been attracting or accepting people that haven't met your parameters. So sometimes our knee jerk reflex is to say, please do not contact me if you are still married <laughs> or unemployed, if you don't have a green card, whatever that is. But what that does is it puts out negativity. It shows people what you're not looking for. And it makes people go, God, this person sounds a little negative and a little jaded. And maybe, maybe she's made a lot of mistakes in the dating world. I'm going to pass her by, right? So instead, what you always want to do is be positive. Talk about the things that you are looking for and talk about the positive things that you're going to bring to the table in a relationship those great points right there. And so what should they be being positive? Um, should you tell like how long should the text be? How much should you tell in that very first foray into you? Um, you know, how far do you go? Well, it's going to be site or app specific, because if you're talking about a site like match.com, you've got, you know, an unlimited amount of time to write whatever you want. On a site like that, still, you know, we're a soundbite-based culture now. We're, we want everything right here in bullets. So don't stick to maybe 200 to 250 words max when you don't have an upper end. Now, sites like Tinder and Bumble limit you to 200 characters, which is basically a tweet and a half. Like, how am I going to describe myself in a tweet and a half? Are you kidding me? So you've got to be creative with how you approach this and all the sites and apps are different so there's no one size or one thing fits all i mean we write our profiles for our clients so we'll put them on bumble or match so that makes it easier but look at the parameters of each site or app and maybe one of them that has longer form essays because you're a good writer and you have a lot to say maybe that's going to be a better site for you than something like tinder which is a tweet and a half 
and a bunch of photos where you just swipe. So these things are all going to be really person specific as to what the best site is and what the best app is. You know, I find that interesting that there are, you know, such disparities between the apps themselves. Do you find that any of the, you know, with the ones that have the longer um, allowance for script um, or a text, are those where people tend to find more lasting relationships because they're able to be more upfront? Or have you seen any correlation? I'm just curious. You know, the way dating apps, the reason the apps were created, I mean, Tinder was created by Match and it was kind of based on an aversion. People were tired of weeding through long profiles and long messages back and forth. And what the research scientists at Match wanted to do was say, let's try and get people away from that and replicate what actually happens when two people lock eyes at a bar or at Whole Foods. So the apps became much easier to use, big photos, more visual to replicate how we meet people in real life. So that's why the sites were what they were, like Match and eHarmony. Now you've got Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, these apps, which are so much more visual. And they're probably, and I think now, they're sort of app fatigue now. And people, to your point, feel like, I don't really know that much about somebody because I can't really read. So I like sites that you know, I usually will pick a site that's longer form like Match to put people on and then maybe put an app in there as well. So you've got one of each. Okay, so you can try both ways. But I find that very interesting. I never knew that about Tinder or some of the other shorter form, you know, apps that, that were created really to simulate how we meet used in the olden days, how we met people, right? You know, back before all this technology existed. So, well, and then the, then technology continues, right? This And this is something that I never experienced because I, um, you know, haven't dated and been married for a long time now, but I've heard this from clients who are back out there. So you meet, you match up somehow on one of the dating sites or on uh, one of the apps and you get a message from that person. And so now you're going to start communicating with them beyond your profile, but most of the time that's done, in my understanding, through text messaging or, or something that simulates that. So just give us some tips on that whole process, because, again, now you're communicating. What should you be looking for from them and how much should you say? So the worst thing you can do is start a message off and say hi and text it to someone like, what? what am I going to do with that? Hi, hi, I'll say hi back. And set, And now so many people are on apps that they get tired of the hi, hi. Okay, now what am I going to say? Instead, stand out a little bit. Read the person's profile. Look, at, look for clues. Pretend you're Sherlock Holmes and you're looking for clues. Look for things, exactly. <laughs> looking through the microphone or the microscope. And yeah. look for things that they've written about themselves, things that they're interested in. Maybe they say that they've run the marathon. Maybe they say that they're, you know, a top chef, whatever it is. Look for clues in their photos and ask them a question that is something that they would be interested in asking based on what you think you've seen in their profile, because that's going to show that you've actually taken a little bit of time to do a little due diligence to say, oh, okay, Susan, wow, I see a couple of degrees in the background here while we're on the Zoom call. Did you, <laughs> did you by chance, go to law school? <gasps> Why, yes, I did. Matter of fact, I did, yeah. How did you know that? 
So, <laughs> and that starts an interesting conversation. Or if you can't find anything in the person's photos or profile or their stated interests, just, you know, think of, think of a funny opener, like, you know, peanut butter, smooth or crunchy. Like, just throw something out there that's kind of fun. Pizza, deep dish, or thin crust. And give someone something interesting that'll at least make them smile and laugh. And then you're going to maximize your chances of getting a response. But be a little creative. So I love it's I I like the peanut butter crunchy or creamy. I was thinking of boxers or briefs, but I don't really know that that would be the way to start out. Right, so, that might get you a different kind of match. Well, right, and and well, I, and let's go there. I want to ask that question because I have heard this about online dating that the majority of men and certainly younger men are on are on the websites or apps really only to get hookups. They're not interested in relationships. They're interested in sex. Okay, let's go to the after dark part of this series now. So at the end of the day, men are interested in sex. That's just a ubiquitous fact. (laughs) I know, mic drop. (laughs) You would never believe that. But at the end of the day, someone that is only talking about sex, talking about hooking up, saying, hey, what are you wearing right now, right? People show us who they are, it's up to believe them. It's up to us to believe them, right? And so if someone is giving you little breadcrumbs, like, wow, it seems like this person is really, you know, sort of sexually oriented, it's too much too soon, then you know this person's probably looking for a hookup. If they've got lots of shirtless selfies on there, you know, scantily clad photos, they're showing us what they want you to see. So, you know what, just pass those people by if that's not what you're looking for. And I will tell you what, there are a lot of amazing men and women on these sites and not everybody is looking for a hookup and if you think that's all that people are looking for guess what that's all you're gonna see so whenever a woman comes to me saying every guy on here just wants to have sex and hook up I'm like so that is your reality and that's what you're manifesting so guess what you're seeing it's like if I told you to walk into a room of 100 people if I said Susan tell me all the people that were wearing red you might look around and count them. You're like, well, there are seven people wearing red. How many of them are wearing green? You wouldn't know because you know the people wearing red. And you're, well, I was only looking for the people in the red. How do I know? You didn't tell me to look for the people in the green. So if you're only looking for the hookuppers, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's ego bias. That's what you're going to see. So change your mindset into my favorite word, which is called psychotic optimism. Yay, my favorite phrase. Psychotic (laughs) optimism. Guys, and that means you're going to start to tell yourself that love exists for me. It's a when, it's not an if. Okay, and all you have to do is date like hell until you find this person. Because I have just told you that love exists for every person on earth that wants it, including you that are listening to this. You that want it, you that don't have it. It is coming to you. Right? So now, if you take this and you marinate yourself in this, you two are going to be a psychotic optimist. I like the marinating. Marinating. <laughs> I just see people rolling around in like a pink vinaigrette of some kind, marinating in their, you know, desire to find love. And it's oozing into all of your pores, and you are now a psychotic optimist, which means you have like pink sparkles all running through you. 
Well, and so that goes to that mindset that you've referenced, right? And I think this is important um, because I have heard both from friends, family members who have been in the dating scene, and then certainly clients, that they will make dates and they're dreading them. They've made the date because they feel in some way they have to start getting back out there. Well, my ex has already got a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I've got it. You know, I need to get back out there. But then they'll make dates and they're they're dreading the process. They're dreading putting themselves out there. They're just, oh, going out and, you know, having coffee with one more new person. So that doesn't sound like the right mindset to me. <laughs> That's not psychotically optimistic. No, so. Walk into a job interview going, God, I suck. I'm not going to get this job. I'm so unqualified. Wow. Do you think you're going to get the job? No, because what your thoughts lead to feelings, right? And then if you think, I hate dating and this is worthless, how are you going to feel, okay, with those thoughts? You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel negative. So now, what do you think your actions are going to look like on that date? Down dour, negative, right? How attractive is that on a date? And game over, right? There's the eh again, people. <laughs> the X factor. And so it's so important that you think about, you know, I want you as now a part of the psychotic optimist club by now that you've marinated in the psychotic optimism, the thing that you're going to tell yourself is I'm going to have a lot of fun dating. I'm going to meet a lot of interesting, smart people and have fun through the process. Isn't that a better way to be than saying, oh, I can't go on another date. This is just awful. What you focus on grows. I've had people tell me that they've changed their mindset saying, I'm going to have fun dating. And guess what happens? They have fun dating. Guys, <laughs> secret. It's all up here. Everything's up here. <laughs> up here. Everything you need is right inside of you already to make this a fun and successful process. I'd like to take a moment now to talk to my mediation colleagues. Many of you are intrigued when you find out that I have a fully online mediation practice. And when you hear that my overhead is under $100 a month, you definitely want to know more. Because of all the interest, I have created my online mediation training program that helps you to add an online platform to your practice quickly and easily. The hottest trend in mediation right now is online mediation, and you can be online too. In the program, you're going to learn the basics of conducting your mediations through an online platform and the practical and ethical considerations that you need to know. I conduct the personalized one-on-one -on -one trainings and group trainings online at your convenience, and I even hold special reduced-price webinars periodically. So go to learntomediateonline.com to find out more. And for those who mention the podcast, you'll receive $50 off the cost of the one-on-one -on -one training. I look forward to seeing you online soon. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her special guest, America's favorite dating expert, Bella Gandhi, on Ready to Start Swiping? Top tips for getting back out there after divorce. 
that's one of the biggest mistakes is not treating your dating life like a horse race from the beginning. You've got to have many horses in it to make it a race. And so this one and done dating thing just protracts the process way longer than it needs to be. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Who Keeps the Friends, Collateral Damage, and the Need for Boundaries in Divorce with Jan and Jillian Uhas, the Love Twins. So when it comes to moving on, you might have to have a discussion with your ex-spouse, like who gets the friends? Do I get to continue being friends with this person? Are we gonna have our separate friends? Say you have a couple that you became friends with throughout the marriage. Is the wife still gonna stay friends with the wife? Is the husband still gonna be staying friends with the husband? It's something you'll have to discuss because moving forward in your life, you're not gonna want your new lifestyle to be getting back to your ex. And now we return to today's show. Talk about psychotically optimistic there, people. And she knows, though. I want you all to to remember that, that Bella does this with people every single day, has done it for 10 years, and she knows her people find people. She goes to weddings all the time. And in some great, nice places. Where? Spain? In Spain. Yeah. Amazing. So fun, right? Best job ever watching people go through this process. And here, I want you to know that love is totally possible for you. And dating is just, it's, it's the means to like the end of happy love. It is going to happen. So I remember the first time you and I talked about your, what you do with your clients and dating and all that. And we were talking about sort of that that fairy tale idea of instant fairy tale love at first sight there has to be a spark and that you know i know people who have gone out on that one date and said eh, not my type not you know next and uh, check that box so how important do you think in your experience and how, what do you tell your clients about chemistry on that first date or first few dates Physical chemistry, remember the word chemistry, we've come to equate with physical chemistry and lust, okay? Let's just go there for a second. But there's so many other kinds of chemistry that you can have with people. There's emotional chemistry, there's intellectual chemistry, there's spiritual chemistry. There's so many different ways to connect with people that can spark that physical chemistry. I can tell you a case study of me. I was friends with my husband for six years before there was ever an inkling of attraction, right? And it's just that one day you're like, huh, I think you might be cute. And suddenly that chemistry can spark out of nowhere. And especially for women, it's remarkably true, right? Someone, and I know, again, if I could see all of you guys and have a show of hands, how many of you have had somebody grow on you over time, right? That you weren't hit over the head right away. In fact, when my clients tell me that they're feeling overwhelming chemistry with someone on date one, I think it's probably a red flag. Let me drop this one on you guys. When you feel that electricity with someone for the first time or a ton of chemistry, it's probably because they remind you of someone that you dated that was not good for you in the past. Uh-oh. Marinate in that one. Uh-oh. The, yeah. the, the marinade is no longer pink. <laughs> yeah. The marinade suddenly got 
puke colored. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's what that instant electricity is. It is your brain recalling a similar situation. It, it makes sense now that I hear you say it, but I never thought of it that way. Um, and the chemistry, that whole chemistry thing is so important to people and it be, can become such a focus. And honestly, it can take while a while for a person to grow on you, but eventually sex is going to come into the equation either early or late. But you know, so let's let's make sure we cover that because I know this is a topic for everyone is, you know, when is the right time to have sex? It, you know, is it a problem if it's that first date? And, you know, what can you do? Because I know there's fear around that too. getting naked with someone, a new person for the first time after years of being in a you know committed relationship that none of us are the same. So down the road. So let's let's go there. <laughs> so let's go there. So I will tell you, everybody knows that one couple that met in a bar, had sex the first night, and now they're happily married with three kids and they live in the suburbs, right? Now, I call that, it's more the exception than the rule. So I typically will say, guys, let's not focus on that 1% and maybe you could be that 1%. Let's kind of look for the rule. Stave off sex, I call it sexclusivity. It's the easiest term that we've created to think about, to how you should think about this. Have sex once you're in a committed, exclusive relationship where you feel safe and happy. Because having sex too soon, sometimes we feel pressure to do it because especially after divorce, we may not know what the right thing is. I've had more people over the age of 50 say, well, isn't there a three-date rule now? Like, there's no three-date rule. Like, I wanna find the person, probably the man, that came up with the three-date rule. There isn't a three-date rule. Remember, there isn't a rule in general, but I want you to feel really safe and secure and there's no butterflies in your stomach. You feel like the relationship is easy, then you might be in a good place to think about jumping in the sack. But before that, if you don't feel like you're bonded to this person and you like this person and they like you, all you're gonna do is have sex with this person, great, have an orgasm, emit tons of oxytocin, which is the attachment hormone. And for most women, you don't even have to have the big O to start emitting oxytocin. You can make out with someone. You know, I, I tell women this all the time. It's like, like, God, I haven't had sex in five years. I'm like, okay, that's great. What do you want to do? They're like, you know, I just think I need to get it out of me. And, you know, my mechanic is super hot and he flirts with me all the time. I may just have a bender. I'm just going to hook up with my mechanic and get it out of me. And I was like, you know what's going to happen? And she'll say, no, what? I mean, I'll get it out of me and I'm just going to be ready for your process. I'm like, no, you're going to want your mechanic to call you the next day. That's how we're wired, ladies. That is yeah. what it is. So there's really no such thing as a bender at the end of the day without feeling attached. And I am an ardent feminist, right? Sleep with who you want zero judgment, but just know what our DNA and our biology is going to make us feel. So be empowered with your decisions, but know how you're wired. That to me is the ultimate of being a feminist is you know yourself and you act in accordance with what suits you. 
which which is absolutely perfect. And that really becomes such a guiding principle right there. I mean, so if you know that getting, you know, intimate with someone that you're not sure you want to be in a relationship with, just know if you do that, you're setting yourself up to think that you want to be in a relationship with that person. And as I say to every client, you know, who's like, should I get divorced or not? Well, you know, one thing to take into consideration, if you're with the wrong person, your chances of finding the right person are infinitely less. Um, so, and let's, you know, I, 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 this will be a little bit longer show than usual, but I just, I want people to have this information too. So we're going long people. Um, I want to know you, we were talking earlier, what's a timeline of a successful relationship. So now you're dating someone, you know, how long does it take to get where you should know whether this is the relationship or not? And is there a timeline? Yes. I would say that you should be dating someone, you know, for let's say the first couple of weeks, you're going on one date a week with this person. And that's a good pace. You don't need to date the same person four times in a week. It's too much too soon. And then maybe after the third or fourth week, it, you know, and I want you to be dating other people at the same time, right? Because you got to diversify your dating assets. Nobody gets you for free, right? And this is old school dating. So now let's say you've met this great guy named... David. And you've been on three good dates in three weeks with David. And now on week four, David wants to see you on Wednesday and Saturday. You're like, okay, that's great. And remember, you're not jumping in the sack. You're going to a jazz club. You're taking a walk. You're going on a bike ride. And then you go on two dates a week for a couple of weeks. Then maybe by week six, seven, and eight, you're seeing each other three times a week. Now that kind of brings you to the three month mark where you've been dating, I don't know, 15 to 20 dates. By that point, if there's no red flags, you're feeling good, you're getting closer, the attachment is there, you know what? Then you're ready to be in an exclusive relationship. Slow and steady wins the race, guys. There is no, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Which is so true. And I think people, you know, make the mistake often of when they do get back out there and they've been in a long-term relationship or marriage for a long time and they're just so used to being part of a couple that they become very interested in filling that hole in their life and will fill it with the wrong person if they move too quickly um, or just, you know, don't put enough thought or time into the process. So I think all these things that you're saying are just so important um, for people to take into consideration. So one last thing I think for you know people as a tip, I was thinking about what would be the the big tip of the the day. And I was saying, you know, what would you say is the biggest mistake overall that people make and what should they do instead? I think the biggest mistake women make in the dating process, especially in men too that have come out of divorce, is they're dating one person at a time, right? And then they're going out with someone two times, three times, four times, because that's kind of what life was like when they were married. And then maybe that person ghosts, or you find that there's too many red flags around this person, but you've invested all this mental energy, physical energy, and then you're disappointed. And then you need to heal. And then you're off the dating sites for two months, right? That's one of the biggest mistakes is not 
treating your dating life like a horse race from the beginning. You've got to have many horses in it to make it a race. And so this one and done dating thing just protracts the process way longer than it needs to be. Have some fun. Create a dating funnel. I want lots of good options in there. Date them well, get the second, third, fourth date with people. And then when you have many options, guys, you feel powerful. You feel confident. You feel happy. It's like interviewing for jobs. And when you're casting, when you're casting a lot of irons in the fire and you've got four job offers, you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling like, hey, I can be picky and pick the best one for me. Welcome to a good dating life. Well, that and that's what you can have, people. So I think that is a great way to leave this. That is very, you know, very hopeful. Uh, this is all positive and doable. I, that's what I hear every time I talk to Bella and I'm talking about people getting back out there and dating. Um, you know, it's not something that I've been facing, but I have so many friends and relatives and people that I know who are out, you know, out there looking for someone. And I just want to say to everyone, listen to Bella. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. So I can't let this show go without talking about some exciting news. Um, and it, it goes back to psychotically optimistic. Um, but I'm just very excited to say that Bella is going to be joining the podcast family soon. I'm very excited. Um, I can't think of a person who should have a podcast more than Bella. So just tell us a little bit about it, Bella. So it's called The Psychotic Optimist, a dating and relationship podcast. So we'll be interviewing amazing people to give you at least three to five concrete executionable tips in every podcast about how to improve your dating life and your relationship life. So just watch out. And Susan's going to be one of our first guests, by the way. <laughs> And we are we're we're going to continue the fun and the party on on Bella's show. So, and I'm hoping that Bella will be back on Divorce and Beyond as well um, as a a regular contributor because it's never too late to find love, and it's it's something that's out there. And I know all of you are interested in this. So, uh, one last thing is I just want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you, Bella. Go to smartdatingacademy.com. Um, we have a great free little gift. It's an infographic called The Seven Clues That You're in a Relationship with a Narcissist. And so you can grab that on the front cover of our site and follow me on Instagram at Smart Dating Academy. We're dropping a lot of info on Instagram. She is. I got Bella is the new queen of IGTV. So if you get free little snippets of her, just follow her um, at Smart Dating Academy um, on Instagram. So Bella, thank you so much. I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes. And thank you so much for making our Valentine's episode special. Oh, will you be my Valentine? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> my girl crush. Exactly. Heart. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Bella. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. 
You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.